Uh, Brother Joe's gone. He's up north in Michigan, way, way up north in Michigan. Take your Bibles and turn to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 9. Heard this message a while back, and uh, it's, it's not one that I wrote myself, but I uh, thought it was very applicable uh, for the time and the age we're in. You know, when you read your Bible, all you're reading is you're reading messages that God gave you down through time. And uh, God will show some men something, and, and you'll hear it, and you'll say, man, that's a good message. Uh, you don't have to worry about taking credit for anything. It's all about the Lord anyways. Uh, but uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 9, let me get there. I'm Jeremiah 9. I'm going to be going to Jeremiah here in a second, too. I like, I like both those books. They're great books. People say, well, I, got, I don't think people really understand either of the books very much. I don't know how much I really understand them. Ezekiel, Ezekiel's chapter 9, verse 4, going to read six, four verses here. Uh, and the Lord said unto him, uh, Go through the midst of the city, through the, the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sat, that sigh, and they, and that cry for all the abominations uh, that be done in the midst thereof. And to the others, he said, in my hearing, Go ye after him through the city, and smite, let not your eyes spare, neither have uh, ye pity. Slay utterly, old and young, uh, both maid and the little children, and women, but, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark. And, and begin at, the, at my sanctuary, then they began at the ancient uh, men that were before, uh, the, before, before the house. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord, I do pray a special prayer for the Baker family with the loss of a family member. Lord, that you would just uh, comfort them this morning uh, as they're going through uh, just a, this a time of loss. Uh, Lord, for the rest of us here today, Lord, I pray that you'd bless us. Give us something out of your precious word. And Lord, uh, thank you for being able to tell us that you're watching us, you're, you're looking at us, you know exactly what uh, each and every one of us are doing. And Lord, you, uh, you put a mark upon those that are yours. And Lord, you protect them through the thing. That's such a blessing, Lord. Uh, be with us this morning. Bless the morning message. And we'll praise you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. You may be seated. God puts a mark on his people. And you may not have a mark that sticks out like a sore thumb, and by the time I get to here today, hopefully you'll understand what it is to, to have that mark. Uh, you're going to be marked on the outside. I've had people say, I tell them what I was before I got saved 43 years ago, and they said, Mike, I can't ever believe you were that way. Because your life changes as time goes on. And, and your life should reflect something more than just words coming out of a mouth. Uh, it has to be deeper, deeper than that or it isn't going to work. I was reading through Jeremiah, and what started this in my mind was Jeremiah 15, uh, 15, 15. says, O Lord, thou knowest, remember me, and visit me, and revenge me of my persecutors. Take me not away in thy long suffering. Uh, know uh, that, that for thy sake have I suffered rebuke. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. I'm telling you what, Jeremiah loved, loved the word of God. Uh, he said, I did eat them, and thy word was unto me as joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. I'd like to say number one, I'm going to talk about some disciples today. Disciples are, as, as, a, as a person, uh, you, you could be in here this morning, you could be saved. Say, I'm saved. I'm, I know I'm saved. I know I trusted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. But a, a disciple is something a little bit different. Jesus called out some disciples. Out of his disciples, he picked 12 apostles. One of them was the devil. He chose him for a person, a, per, a, a reason. There was a purpose why he chose him. Uh, but, but a disciple is somebody who longs after, wants to, desires to follow Jesus Christ. They're a disciplined person. The, to, the first point here I like to say is a true disciple. And I'm going to look at marks of a disciple. There are some things that should reflect in a person's life. And when you get to that place in life, those things will just start oozing out. You can't, you can't hide them. There's a lot of people you can, you can hide. I've talked to a lot of people. I remember one time, long, long time ago, I was talking to a lady. Uh, it was an old black lady, and, and we went in knocking on the door and, and was witnessing, and she called me, and she said, Mike, come in here. Please, please talk to my grandson. Get him saved. He needs to get saved. He's lost. He's on his way to hell. He's going to die. He's going to go to hell. And I mean, she was concerned about her grandson. And I, I sit there and talk, talk to him and run through the Bible. I was with another guy at church, and this is in Norfolk, Virginia. And, uh, and I sit there and run through everything, and I said, do you believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for you? He goes, yes. 
I said, do you believe you're a sinner? He goes, yes. I said, do you believe he rose from the grave the third day? And he goes, yes. I said, do you believe he's in heaven right now? I said, yes. I said, that's the gospel. I said, you know what the Bible says? And we had him, man. We had him. She had, I, I still remember, she had a, a thing. You know, when you do stuff for God, you remember it. Yeah. This was, man, this was 30 years ago, 35 years ago. But she had this ottoman about this big. And she was over on one side, and I was this side, and the other side guy was over here, and that boy was right here. And I said, would you repeat after me? And I said, and I, said, and I took over Romans. I said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thy heart. I said, do you believe in him? He goes, yes. I said, just repeat after me. I said, Lord Jesus. He goes, Lord Jesus. He goes, save my son. He wouldn't say it. And I said, let's do this again. I said, Lord Jesus. He goes, Lord Jesus. I said, save my soul. And he wouldn't say it. I said, young man, why won't you say it? He goes, because I already done that. <laughs> I said, What? He goes, I already did that, man. I, I've done this before. I said, you did? He goes, yeah. I said, when? He told me. And I'm like, you would have never seen it in that young man's life that he was saved. I said, if you're saved, you're saved, you're saved. I said, now let's deal with eternal security. That grandmother's got a big old smile on her face. She's all happy. But you know what a lot of people do? They hide their salvation. You can be saved. Saved ain't even, saved ain't nothing. Saved, saved, well, saved is everything. I'm talking about as a Christian. <laughs> don't even get, as Christianity flows, salvation is just the start. That's just, that's the ticket to get you in the door. That's all that is. Uh, once you get saved, you're saved always. You couldn't lose it if you wanted to. I'm a, I'm a once saved, always saved, eternal security. I, you couldn't, you couldn't pry that thing out of me. Uh, I guess if you tortured me enough, I might, might just get you to quit torturing. and might say something, but. But other than that, I wouldn't say anything. I'm, I know I'm saved, but I don't want to be just saved. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a disciple. I want to be what Jesus wants me to be. A disciple loves. Jeremiah said, thy words were found and I did eat them. Let me ask you a question. Number one, the disciple loves the scripture. He loves the scripture. If you think I like reading my Bible all the time, you're out of your mind. I had to make a deal with God so I'd read my Bible. I'm not, I'm not somebody who reads all the time. I wish I was. I, I get sick of people who just sit down with a book. Jesse and, and Esther, and they go to the library all the time. I think uh, Michaela goes with them. Uh, and, and they just get books. Books. Mike, turn on Mike. I thought I was on. Okay, I'll turn it on, man. Turn on the mic. Now i got to start all over. Uh, maybe. I don't know. He, he's probably got the rest of it. He's a pretty sharp guy back there. But uh, they go and they get these books, and they just sit there and, and sit around and read them. I mean, if it was a tech manual, I could probably do it on certain pages, but that's about it. I never was a reader. I never was. In my entire life, I never was. Uh, I have to force myself to do it. Some people can just, they enjoy reading. But you know, just reading your Bible isn't loving it. You know, you got to go to this thing like, I'm going to get something out of here, man. And you may not get something every time you pick it up, but you got to know that, hey, this is the Word of God, and this is what God says. And, and if I go in here, and sometimes you're sitting there going... I don't know about you, but I, I mean, every time I go to read my Bible, I'm tired. I wasn't tired before then. If I want to read it in the morning, I'm tired. If I, in the afternoon, I'm tired. At night, I'm tired. Why is that? I have no idea. The love of Scripture. It's Psalm 119. Go to 119. David, David's a man after God's own heart. You're talking about a man that loved God. Messed up just like everybody else is. We're all the same. There's, uh, there's none righteous, no, not one. Uh, 118, or Psalm 119. Just look at a couple of verses through Psalm 119. I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing passage here. 24, verse 24, 119, 24. It says, thy testimonies also are my delights and my counselors. That's the word of God. The testimonies, the word of God. Uh, 35, 35. Uh, Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. You know what David did? He delighted in the word of God. Uh, I'm not telling. I'm telling you. Every time I pick up the Bible, I'm not one. Yeah, praise God! I'm gonna read the Bible today. Woohoo! Yeah, let's go down. No, that's not me. You know what I have to do? I said, Lord, I gotta go read my Bible. But you know, every time I start reading it in about two or three verses or chapters, man, that thing starts coming back to life in my heart, and I, I just love it. I mean, it's the greatest thing in the whole wide world. So, uh, verse forty. Verse forty. Verse forty says this: uh, Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me. In that righteousness. You ever wonder why David was, was a man after God's own heart? Have you ever thought about what David was and why God loved him so much? Because David loved him. You know how you find out about God? is a book. You, you can't find out about him any other way. The book. You have to take the book. 47. 47. And I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. That's David talking. 
He's saying, look, if, I, if I'm looking for the truth, I'm going to go to this book and I'm going to get it. It's not always going to be something I'm, I like to hear. I'm telling you, man, sometimes this book is just against me. I, I think, I remember uh, Doc said he, he, when he first got saved, he'd read it and he'd throw the thing across the room. Because he'd read it and it, it'd like nail him to the wall. And he goes, it, it blankety blank, and he cuss all over the place. You know what a blessing was? There was a man who uh, led him to the Lord. And uh, that man, Hugh Powell, Dr. Hugh Powell, uh, Doc went past him, exceeded him, far exceeded him in knowledge and understanding of the Bible. And Hugh Powell never lost grace with that man. He, he used to talk about uh, Dr. Powell all the time. He said, that man just loved me, cared for me. He tolerated me when I was still, i uh, just get saved, just, just as, as uh, just unearthly as you, uh, just as crude and rude as you possibly could be. And he cussed and screamed and everything else. He said, that stuff went away after time. He goes, you know, but brother Hugh Powell cared enough about me that that he, he tolerated stuff and watched me grow and helped me grow through some things. Brother, I'm telling you what, we miss, we miss so much stuff sometimes by the way we do. The, David loved his commandments. David loved it. Go to 140, uh, 119, 140. 119, 140. Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. You know what David did? He got to the place where he knew that the scriptures were that. You know, to be a disciple of God, you, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, you got to love his word. You say, well, I don't know if I love it, man. You better learn how to do it because you ain't going to get it any other way. You got two options. Simple, heaven or hell. If you've trusted Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven. Now you got two options. You can serve him here or you don't have to. I choose to serve him here because I don't see nothing else to serve. I don't know about you, but this world has absolutely nothing that I want. It's not just knowing about the Bible. It's letting the Bible know you and affect your life. This thing will change you. If you want, if you want, oh man, uh, I'm probably getting ahead of myself here just a little bit. Snoopy, y'all ever watch cartoons, man? Snoopy, I got a picture here of Snoopy. Snoopy and Charlie Brown. I like Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown, they're sitting on a, on a pier looking out in the ocean. And he says, we only, have, we only live once, Snoopy. Snoopy goes, Snoopy's smart, man. Smart dog. Dogs are pretty smart sometimes. He goes, wrong. We only die once. We live every day. You know, you got a chance to serve Jesus Christ every day. Every day. You wake up in the morning and say, well, yesterday wasn't too good. Ah, but today's a totally different day. I, it, the, the key is getting it in your mind what you're here for. I didn't get saved just to live my own life the way I want to live it. I didn't do that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I didn't even know why I did it. I just did it because I knew it was the right thing to do. And then as time went on, he started showing me some things. A disciple is somebody who learns something over a period of time. Uh, if you look at your Bible, I talked about this a lot of times about Peter, James, John, all them guys. They had to learn some things. Paul was out killing Christians and then he gets saved. Oh, well, he just got saved. You would think that, oh, everybody loved him. No, they're so scared to death, that guy. How did they know that Paul really got saved? It was his testimony over a period of time, and his life started reflecting it. You know what will make you a disciple of Jesus Christ? What will reflect is your life. It's not something you learn today or tomorrow. You say, oh, I know that. I'm, I'm so here, tired of people saying, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I'm like, why did you do it that way? I mean, where was the smile at or the joy or any, any part of that? There isn't any. Jeremiah 23, 18 says, For who hath stood in the counsel of the Lord? Or who hath, or who hath stood in the counsel of the Lord and hath perceived and heard his words? Who hath marked his words and heard it? You ever marked stuff in your Bible? Man, I'll read my Bible every now and then it'll say, My son. I'm like, ooh, that's me, man. I got these markers, these uh, pentels, and they got eight colors in them. And you can flip them around and get they're just like, like a marking pencil. And I mark stuff all the time, man. Every time I come across a verse, I, I'm, I'm sitting here just looking at these pages. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Don't have a problem with that. Thy word is a lamp under my feet, a light under my path. I have refrained my feet from every evil way. I haven't achieved that yet, but boy, that's sure something I want to do. That I might keep thy word. Thou, thou art my hiding place and my shield. Who's your hiding place today? I can tell you who mine is. Jesus Christ is. You know how I know that? I marked it, man. <laughs> I hope in thy word. The entrance of that word giveth light. You know why? If you're sitting here listening to me right now and you say, well, I don't really love the Bible that way. You know why? Because you have no light. You know why you don't have no light? Because you never went to the Lord and said, give me some. 
He goes right here, the entrance of thy words giveth light. You say, well, I don't feel like reading the Bible. Do it anyways. Just read it. You get it in here. It goes in. You make time for everything else. Why can't you make time for him? I tell everybody, I say, give Jesus six months of your life. Just give him six months of your life. You know, I've told people that over the last 43 years, and everybody who's ever done that, their life has changed. They, they've just changed. They just, they're not the same. He goes, order my steps in thy word. Man, that means, that means he's going to guide and direct me through it. And let not my iniquity have dominion over me. You know, sin will keep you from this book, or this book will keep you from that sin. So you, you sit there and say, well, uh, do you, you really enjoy your sin? I don't. I don't, I don't enjoy mine. I, I want to get closer to the Lord. Jeremiah said, mark it, mark it. Cry over it. You got tears in your Bible? I got some in mine. I got a Cambridge at the house on my desk. Not on my desk, it's in my little thing. It's, and uh, that thing fell apart, oh man, 30, 40 years ago. You can open those pages, man, you see splots all over the place where I was sitting there reading it, man, just, and tears start dripping down, splotting all over the place. I got coffee stains all over my Bible. Do you? I like my Bible, man. It smells like black coffee. It not only looks good, it tastes good. If ever I get out somewhere and I'm really dying for a cup of coffee, man, I can just lick my pages. I got it. You say, why would you do that? Because it's my book, man. It's what he gave me. This is the word of God that I have that I can go through, that I can look at, that'll change my life. This is what helped my kids. You say, are you a great dad? No, I'm a lousy dad. But boy, I got a great God. I got a great Savior. <laughs> and he did it. I don't know how I did it. I fumbled through the thing, man. Somehow I fumbled through it and it worked. You say, how did you do that? I just believed the book. That's all I got. <laughs> If you want to be a disciple, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to get, oh, you ain't going to like these other ones. <laughs> you're going to have to love this book. You say, why, why would you always say go to Bible college? Because you need to. We're in a world today that you, even if you read your Bible, you're going to read it and you're going to think you know what you're talking about and you don't. You say, oh, you're mean. No, I'm not. That's why I went to Bible college. I didn't go to Bible college to be a preacher. I went to Bible college to learn some stuff so somebody could teach me how to take that book. It's called rightly dividing. There are so many different things in this book that come down that when you look at it, you've got to be able to read this thing. Otherwise, you won't know how to. The Bible in the Old Testament says, go to Bethel and transgress. Does that mean you should go to Bethel and transgress? That's what it said. It's context. It's context of what he said and how he said it. In the Old Testament, it says, the just shall live by his faith. However, Paul says over in Romans, the just shall live by faith. Why did he take the his out? Something happened between the Old Testament and the New Testament that changed everything. I'll tell you what happened. There's a cross at Calvary. A man died, rose again the third day, and now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And I don't need to have my faith anymore. i got to have his. My faith is his faith. He gave it to me. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. The gift was from him. What faith I had, he gave me. You know how I got it? The word. The word. you got to love it. 2 Timothy 2.14 says this. Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them that before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God. You know how you... Talking about stupid stuff is stupid. It's, it's a waste of time. And arguing about semantics is, is ignorant. It's ignorant. There's greater things. You know what the Bible says? Study to, to show yourself. How about this one? <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 4.11, and that ye be, that ye study to be quiet. You guys are awful quiet right now. That's pretty good. I like that. But you know what? Before you stick your nose in somebody else's business, what you ought to do is just study to be quiet. Learn yourself. And then do what the Lord says. How about praying about something? You know, if you love the Word of God, you're going to start getting into praying. You're going to actually, you see a problem? Why don't you just pray for it? I got into a place, I'll mention it here in a few minutes, but Ecclesiastes 12, 12 says this. Any further by these, my son, be admonished of making many books, there is no end. There's never an end to making another book. Now, everybody wants to write a book, write a book, write a book, write a book. And I'm okay with books. I like books. Books are good. I mean, they teach a lot of stuff. Uh, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. There is people out there who just want to learn something so they can prove somebody else wrong. You just messed up. You know what I want to learn stuff for? So I can help me get through this life. 
in one piece. And I, one day when the Lord comes back and takes me out of here, I'm ready to go. That's a true disciple. True disciple, number one, loves the Word of God. Number two, a true disciple is marked by an ongoing battle. Do you know you're in a battle? Most churches don't want to even tell you you're in a battle. There's a battle going on right now. Satan and the Lord are, are battling, and, and it's really not a battle to them. To the Lord, it's not. But to us, that battle goes on. Galatians 6, 7 says, From henceforth let no man throw any. Paul's talking. Paul's an old man by that time. Uh, go back to Galatians real quick. Galatians is a great book. We're doing that on Thursday nights. Joe is. But uh, Paul, uh, Galatians, Galatians, Galatians is about 64 AD, I believe. 58 AD. Paul's probably saved at this point. He's up in his age. He's an aged man right now. He's up in his 50s or 60s. Uh, he's he's uh, been saved 25, 30 years at this point when he writes this book. And he sits there and says, From henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, by the, brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Paul, if you looked at him uh, at this day and time, I mean, he had beat marks all over him. That's exterior. But you know, interior, you have a lot of stuff that you go through in life. You got marks on you constantly. A, a, a disciple is going to be marked. You know how God gets you to have compassion on other people? Is to run you through some things that, that you get through. But the only way you're going to get through those things, and I mentioned some of this in Sunday school, is to go through it with Jesus Christ. You can't go through it any other way. If you try to go through it by yourself or put it off onto somebody else, they're going to fail you. The Lord don't want you to put it off on somebody else. He wants you to put it off on him. So you two can walk together, and that relationship's developed constantly, day after day after day. It takes years sometimes to get a solid relationship with Jesus Christ. Years, not just minutes, years. I got saved in seconds. It takes years to learn how to follow him and be a disciple. You start on it, and after a while, the stuff starts revealing in your life, and people can see it, but they're not going to... Words mean absolutely nothing at all. Otherwise, I'd be following Benny Hinn. Brother, I'm telling you what, there's some people out there, they're gullible because they'll listen to whatever is said, and they think just because somebody says they're a preacher that what they said is right. That is not a disciple. A disciple is somebody, if I have to prove to you that I'm a disciple, then I'm doing something wrong. You should be able to look at me and tell, tell that my life is that way. I had a Navy SEAL shake my hand on the way off the ship. He said, Mike, you came on the ship as a Christian and you left. That man, that man just gave me a compliment right there that you, you, all the stuff you went through on the ship and how much hide you got tore off and all the stuff you had to go through, you didn't let that phase you one. That's a Navy SEAL. Now, if somebody can watch you after a period of three or four years and say, okay, this is what you are, then that's what you are. I walked into a room with 70 men and I couldn't tell there was one Christian in there and half of them were. They hit it, man. They hit it. They hit it good. They hit it great. But a disciple isn't going to do that. A disciple's going to have that thing out going. It'll be physical marks. You know Paul got, man, oh, Paul got beat five times, received out 40 strikes. Beat, just beat, beat. If you took his shirt off, he'd have marks all over his body. Man, I got, I got scars and stuff up and down my legs where I kick stuff and beat myself up over 60 years. I mean, it's just there. But could you imagine Paul? And he's still there. You know, Paul was a disciple, but there were some things inside Paul that, that came out of him, man. There were some spiritual marks. He says, besides these things, verse 2 Corinthians 11, 8, all the marks he had, verse 38, the last, the last or 28, 11, 28, 2 Corinthians 11, 28, the last verse in that series of stuff, he says, and besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of the churches. You know what Paul did? He looked at the, the, the way the church was going, and this was 2,000 years ago. He looked at the way the church was going and heading and it tore him up inside. And people could look at him and see the tears flowing down. His, and look at him the way he went through what he did in life just to help the church go a little bit further. People say, Mike, why do you do what you're doing? Because I want to see you go further. Boy, I'd love to see every one of you go further than I could ever go. I said, Lord, I'm limited. I, I think my brain is about half shot half the time. I am not what I should be. But boy, could you just raise up a couple that could do it better? You wouldn't offend me at all. I like, I like uh, Hugh Powell, Dr. Hugh Powell. He's a smart man, but he realized when somebody was smarter than him, he didn't have a part problem with that. He was praising God that God sent somebody that could surpass him and help a lot of other people. I'm not jealous about anybody going up. Let them go, man. If they can go, let them do it, man. Go out and win a, win a million. If I can have a part in your life, it's ching, ching. I get part of that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. 
A good, a good businessman will let other people do stuff and make money. <laughs> That's it. I like that, man. It's an ongoing battle. You know you're in a battle, right? Paul knew he's in a battle. If you don't know you're in a battle, you're in the wrong place. Uh, you, you, you're, in a, you're in the wrong business, man. You're, you're not a disciple. You, you, like, like Snoopy said, he goes, you live every day, man. I've been doing this for 43 years, and not all every day of the 43 years has been great. 2 Corinthians 3.18 but we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass. Have you ever looked at yourself in a mirror? What do you see? And don't say, oh, I see a fat pig or a big, big, fat, fat, ugly person. I am all that. But when I look in the mirror, the reflection coming back shows in your face what you believe. You ever seen somebody after 40, 50 years smoking? I mean, they just, they just you can see it. You can see it. Uh, you see a drinker, somebody who drinks all the time, and their nose is all bloodshot and everything else. Uh, I mean, you see it. You see it in their face. You see a Christian after they've lived 30, 40 years, they just, they glow, man. they like little light bulbs. And you, you can talk to them for a few minutes, and, and you listen to the tone of their voice, and it's sweet. I've never heard, Gloria, I've never heard a negative word out of her mouth. If you'd have known Miss Gloria, she was a, a was she paraplegic? Was that considered paraplegic? Uh, Quad, okay. Yeah, she, she, and you would think that that happened to her, and you would think she would be just as mad as she could be, and, and everything out of her was always sweet. I've, I've met some people that they just look at you, and they, I thank God for some of the men I met down through time, man, that did, didn't just condemn me and throw me out to the, the animals outside. They understood where I was at. Someone with grace, someone that's been in this thing for a while should be able to look at somebody else and realize where they're at and know how to deal with them. And what the problem is, is most of us, is we don't know how to deal with nobody. There comes a time, I tell you, there comes a time. I had a guy in here a while back. He come in here with his little Bible on his arm, going to tell me everything and, and how I need to change everything for him. And I just kicked that guy out. I said, get out of here, man. I, I, I took him right out the door, right out the door. Here's the door. Get off my parking lot. You say, why would you do that? Because that guy didn't want to learn nothing. He didn't want to know something. He wanted me to hear something from him. And I'm like, first of all, you don't walk into a church, any church. I wouldn't walk into a Catholic church and do that to the Pope. They're in a priest. I mean, if, if I was invited into a Catholic church and he wanted me to talk to him, I'd go in there and talk to him. I knew some guys who used to go destroy statues on a Catholic church. They ought to lock in people up and put them in jail. Why? But that's private property. You can't do that. But if you get an opportunity to talk, you should. He, uh, Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit. You want to know some good stuff about man yourself? A true disciple is an ongoing battle. You know how you know if, if, if you're in this battle? It's a battle, man. It's a battle. But the closer you get to the Lord, the better the soldier you are. You want to know how good a soldier you are? Spirit is love. and The spirit of love and the fruit of the spirit is love. Love. Do you love joy and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance? Against such there is no law. You can't, you can't find a law against that stuff. It's a battle you're in. You're fighting this thing. You're fighting and fighting and fighting. It's a new man versus the old man. That's another thing you're good about studying your Bible because you realize in Romans that there's two of me here. You're looking at Mike. He's a, he's a, I don't know what I am. There's an inner man and an outer man, and the outer man just wants to do whatever it wants. The inner guy is saying, no, you can't. The outer guy is saying, you can. The inner guy says, you can. The outer guy says, but I want that pizza. But you can't have that pizza because you said you were going to do this for 20 weeks, and now you're only in this six weeks, and you still have 14 weeks to go, and you can't eat that pizza. But I want that pizza, but you can't have it. I'm telling you what, man, I, I smell it. I put on five pounds yesterday smelling. I went by somewhere, and I smelled something. And I don't know what it was, but it was sure good. And I, I had to walk away. I said, man, this thing, and then I felt good after I got through. I said, man, I survived that. I didn't eat it. If I'd ate it, I'd have gained 10 pounds. I'm telling you, man, there's, a, there's some stuff that this flesh, this flesh just never quits on you. You think you got it beat, and there it is. Romans 7, 1 says, I, Paul, Paul's 30 years into his, his walk with Jesus Christ at this point. 30 years. Romans 7, 1 says, then I find a law that when I would do good, evil is with me. You know, he's, evil is always present with you. And you're never going to get that thing. You're in a battle. You know what a disciple does? He fights that battle. He just fights it. Number three, a true disciple is marked by a cause. You got a cause, and don't tell me it's abortion. And don't tell me it's putting Trump back in the office. And don't tell me it's getting the right government in. You could get the right government. Brethren, it's never worked, man. Since the day we rebelled at 13 colonies, we rebelled against England. That's what we did. 
I'm American, true bone. I'm all the way through and through, man. I'm American. Like American, if, if Queen Elizabeth come over and try to take our country over, I'd fight her too. Uh, I'm an American. But I tell you what, if you think for one second that any part of our government or the way we're running this country has to do with God, you need a psychiatrist. There isn't a single, they lie about everything. Uh, there's some lady down in, uh, I'm not going to diatribe, my diatribe, I got to go. There's a lady down somewhere down south and they want to kick her out of being a congresswoman for something. I forget, I don't even know what she did. She said, oh, something about the, uh, the 6th of uh, January when uh, there was supposed to be some riot out there and they uh, call them martial law and all this other stuff. And, and I'm sitting there going, and, and I read today, today uh, on the internet, I was sitting there at the, my desk about 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock this morning, whatever it was, and they said, she must have a different Bible than I use, some Democrat. I'm like, you even have a Bible? Can you even say that word? I mean, how can you pronounce the word Bible? Now, if you're a Democrat, don't get mad at me. I'm just talking about the party in general. Uh, I mean, they do all the wickedness that they do. And then, then when somebody on the other side messes up, they try to throw God into it. Well, we do the same thing. I find a law me that I'm just no good, man. But I got to have a cause. I like 1 Corinthians 1.17. It says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. You know what my cause is? Promoting Jesus Christ the best I can. I'm learning. I'm learning. I mean, I got, I'm a hothead too. And uh, for a little while there, I was on the Trump train because I seen how bad the other side was. But what I forgot is the other side is just as bad. No matter what you look at, you know what your cause should be? You ought to get, oh man, <laughs> David, David, over uh, a little, uh, go, to Sam, go to Samuel, 1 Samuel 17. I'm just going to hit a couple of verses, and then I'm going to buzz through the rest of this, and you'll say, oh, thank God we're getting out here for lunch. 1 Samuel 17. You know what's wrong with most of us is we, we don't have a cause. Our cause is something totally different than what it should be. 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17, 28. David, is, he comes up, and his brothers are talking to him, and Brothers hate him, man. They just hate him. And David says, and Eliab, his, uh, his eldest brother, is talking here, and heard when he spake unto the men, uh, uh, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why comest thou down hither? And whom hast thou left those few sheep with in the wilderness? I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, What have I now done? Question mark. Is there not a cause? You know what David's cause was? He's God's cause. David seen a guy out there cursing God, cursing God's people, mad at everybody. And David said, no, no, I want, I, let's go kill that guy, man, to take him out. A true disciple is not going to have, you know where all them other people on the back up there, they're army, they're men of war, and they were all afraid to go out there and fight Goliath. Brother, I tell you what, warfare is warfare. And if I was there, I'd say, hey, man, why can't we all go out there and beat him up? Why does one guy have to go out there? I don't understand that. I would never take one out there. I would take everybody out there and stop him. But they're all afraid up there because they figure they got oh, we got to do this by some rule that's in a book somewhere. There ain't no rule in no book. It's war. I'm in a war. I'm in a war zone. I need to fight. Uh, I like, I like the, the Revolutionary War, man. Them guys, our guys stuck behind trees. And the British said, y'all are cheating. <laughs> what makes you think I want to get a bullet? I mean, if you want to get me with a bullet, you're going to have to find me to put a bullet in me. We went uh, paintballing one time. Uh, and there was a bunch of guys over here in Dan Schellebarger's paintball field thing. And uh, I'm, I'm a Navy guy. So, I mean, I don't want to get shot or blown up or anything else. But their, their idea is that it's just a game. It's time. And I'm like, I'm hiding back here somewhere. I'm waiting for people to come by and I'm going to shoot them. Shot one guy in the eyeballs and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, but I'm hiding. You ain't going to find me. And then all, everything's quiet, and I couldn't find out where the game was over. They were gone. I'm like, where? I, they said, you ain't supposed to hide. I said, well, I ain't going to get shot. I don't understand why people want to get shot, man. That makes no sense about getting shot. David, David said, is there not a cause? David saw the cause. You know what the difference between a disciple and just someone who's saved is? You have no cause. If your cause is anything else other than the cause of Christ, it's the wrong cause. I'm a Christian now. I belong to him. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you have God? You're not your own. You're bought with a price. The price was Calvary for me. I am not mine anymore. Now, I'll tell you, it takes years to learn that. I, grant, I got that. But somewhere down the road, you should get it. 
Has Jesus given you something to do? Man, that's the cause. That's the cause. He's given me all kinds of stuff to do. He wears me out. You know, sometimes the brethren will think you should be doing more than what you're doing. You should be doing exactly what the Lord wants you to do. Nothing more. Amen. Nothing less. Don't, don't worry about what anybody else thinks. You can only, and I can only do what I can do. I've had people try to pressure me to do all kinds of stuff. I ain't going to do it. Sorry, can't help you, man. See you later. Bye. I'm Mike Elliott. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to do what Mike Elliott wants to do in the morning, and I'm going to feel like what the Lord wants me to do. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. And if people don't like that, fine. I don't care. I really just don't care. i got to please him, and I can't please everybody. I can't hardly even please Beth. I mean, my wife, I try my best to please her all the time, and she's easy to please, believe me. But I'm telling you what, sometimes she'll call me, where are you at? I'm on my way home. Well, I didn't tell her I was in Tip City. So she thinks I'm going to be home in like 30 seconds. Then she calls me like 15 minutes later, where are you at? Well, I stopped here, and I stopped here, and I stopped at Kroger's, and I'm stopping here. And I just stop everywhere down the road. I'm going to go and eat without you. Okay, well, come travel with me next time. What is your cause? Let me ask you a question. I gotta, what's your cause? You should have a cause. What's your cause for living? Just to suck air? What did I just gain by that? Nothing. Boy, I tell you what, if you have a cause to serve Jesus Christ for affecting the world, you know that anything you do is not going to work. I mean, I fixed everything. I fixed everything. It was broke. And it all broke again. You couldn't fix it fast enough to keep it from being unbroke. I mean, after a while, you get so tired of fixing stuff. It's like, if I fix it, it's going to break again. And I got the mission and the ships and all this other stuff and what we're supposed to do. I got all that stuff. But you know they sold all my ships to the Chinese? I'm thinking, what kind of... My, my ships, the ones I've lived on, they sold them, man, or scrapped them out. What's your, what's your cause for dying? I'm going to heaven. I don't know about you. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to spend my time up there with Jesus forever, never, 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 never. I'm, I want to learn some stuff down here. That's why I had that little cartoon thing about Snoopy, where Charlie Brown's sitting there, you see the back of his head, and he just goes, you only die once. No, he goes, we only live once, Snoopy. No, no, no. See, you, you make this living thing this long thing. No, no, Snoopy had it right. He says, no, we only die once. We live every day. When I wake up in the morning, I try to live. I try to live my each day as I can. I, I'm pretty much a loner most of the time. I just want to get up and do stuff and take care of stuff. And, and when I get an opportunity, you say, God, does God still give you out? Oh, yeah. I was out the other day. Uh, we were doing this, some stuff up at a, a campground, and I, I was looking for some windows, and I heard uh, Tom Lynch was praying for me for some windows, and I found some, brother. I got you know, $75 a piece, real nice windows. Uh, wood, wood uh, vinyl clad. They're almost like Anderson windows. I mean, four, four matching windows. And so I called the lady up, and she says, you know how many people has called me on these windows and said that they were going to come get these windows out in Xenia and never came and got them? And I live up in Huber, and i got to drive all the way from Huber all the way out to Xenia, and they don't show up? I said, well, I want those windows. I said, and I said, ma'am, do you realize that God didn't let you sell those windows so I could get them? I said, do you understand that? And uh, so I went out there. I was sitting in the parking lot. I called her up and said, I'm sitting in your parking lot waiting for those windows. And she comes down there. She had to go get the key. And we started talking. And I said, ma'am, she goes, well, her husband passed away in October. And she has a Chinese restaurant out there. And she's not Chinese. She's, he, he was uh, Oriental, but she's not. And we were sitting there talking. And, and uh, she said he passed away. And I, I looked at her and said, you know, you're taking that pretty good for what you just went through. And tears started dripping down her face. And the next thing you know, an hour and a half went by, and we're still talking. And it's all about Jesus. She said, you know what? I think I'm going to visit your church. I said, well, you can visit my church if you want to. I said, but I'll tell you what. She said, I was really bitter at Jesus. I was bitter at the Lord. And I'd go to church, and they'd be singing their praise and worship songs, and I couldn't even. I said, yeah, I wouldn't be able to get into that either. I said, I can't handle praise and worship. But that's okay. And she sat there, and we sitting there talking and laughing back and forth. And she started smiling again, and some joy started coming back in her heart. I said, ma'am, you can't blame God for that. I said, we're under a weight of sin. And I said, the sin that this world is under right now is causing all kinds of stuff to happen. That wasn't God's choice. I said, back in the day, Adam was sinless. God made him sinless. There was no sin. Adam and Eve chose to eat that, eat that fruit, and now that sin is on all of us out here, and that's where we're at. I said, but you know what? We can still, in this world out here, be disciples. We can still love Jesus Christ. We can still serve him. I was hoping she'd give me the windows, but she didn't. She still charged me $75 a piece for those windows. If she comes, I'm going to make her tithe. <laughs> a, a true disciple, number four, a true disciple is marked by the overwhelming love for the brethren. 
Now here's, this is all outward stuff, brothers and sisters. This is outward stuff. And it takes years. I'm telling you, it takes years. I've been in this thing for 43 years, and I'm still a pup. I've watched people that's hated each other for years finally learn how to love each other. It takes time. It just takes time. There's nothing you can do about it. John 13, 34 says this, A new commandment I give unto you. This is John, the disciple that Jesus loved. <laughs> that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall men know. You know how men know? that you love the Lord, that you're a disciple. You love each other. Now, brother, loving each other is a rough thing. I am, I, it is rough. I mean, it's amazing. Like me and Jerry, we talk all the time, and I, I, I'm amazed Jerry even likes me. But he does. And he, he puts up with me. It's just amazing. We're sitting up here, we're talking about me making a mistake with the checkbook or whatever, the money, and, and I'm sitting there going, oh, I mean, I blew it. I do that all the time. This isn't something new. Uh, if it isn't Jerry, it's Sandy. If it isn't Sandy, it's Beth. I need receipts. I'm, I'm like the most unorganized person you'll ever meet in your life. But then God surrounds me by people that are organized. I don't understand how they can do it. That is the farthest thing from my mind. I don't really care. They seem to care. <laughs> I let them care. You know what? I don't get mad at them because they care. Every now and then I'll sit down and get them the receipts they want. Beth is sitting there, we need receipts, we need receipts, Sandy's going to get mad at me, we need receipts. I don't always do this about you, Jerry. I do it about everybody. The, 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 this is Beth, man. I mean, she chases me down, makes me do everything. But you know, a true disciple, you'll, you'll overwhelm, you'll love the brethren. I love every one of you guys. I mean, you may think I don't sometimes, you may think I'm mean and cruel, but I don't. I, I, I'm worried about every one of you surviving. I mean, I'm worried about the day I die, something happens to me, and you say, oh, you're a young guy. Yeah, but it's a point on a man wants to die. One of these days, I'm going to die. I'm just, I'm afraid you're not going to make it sometimes. And that's where Paul was. Paul was, he, the care of the churches, you got to get them to where they can stand. Each one of us is supposed to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. The question today is, are you? This is just some things. It's marked by the loving the brethren. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's an outward thing. It isn't words. I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. <laughs> you do? When somebody tells me they're saved and they go, you don't have to ask me that. I'm saved. I'm like, by who? <laughs> that don't seem like the Jesus I know. I mean, the Jesus I know is, is the Lord and he's king of kings and lords of lords and, and he's all this other stuff and, and he can put a hurt on you in a heartbeat. I got all that, but boy, I always see him as a compassion, loving God. Man, I got, a, I got a chance yesterday to talk to that lady. Her name was Mary. Y'all pray for her. I had a chance to talk to her for a little while, and, and, and she, uh, I, had, I didn't have enough money on me to buy all the windows, so I, she had to follow me over to Wright Pat. And she said, I might have a friend that has some doors. And she goes, his name is Mike. I said, there ain't nothing wrong with that, man. I said, Mike's a cool name. I said, we got, we's going to name this church Mike Baptist Church. There was three Mikes who put money up to start the church. I'm like, we might as well just call it Mike Baptist or Bethany Baptist Church, but she wouldn't let us do that either, so... We called it Anchor Baptist Church. I didn't even, I didn't even get to name that. Somebody else did. But it, uh, John, 1 John 4, 19 says, And we love him because he first loved us. I don't love Jesus because I just love him. All of a sudden, I had to learn over the years how much he loved me. And the more I learn, the more I know. I mean, it just gets better and better and better and better. It's like a song he said, the longer I know him, the sweeter he grows. It's you, the more you, you start getting into this book and you start reading him and, and you start saying, I want to be like him, I want to be like him, and he starts helping you, and years go by and years go by. Believe me, young people, years are going to go by. Uh, how old are you? 20? I remember when I was 20. Two years from there, I got saved. I can still remember everybody. I can remember when I was 18. I can remember when I was 16. And now I'm just almost 65 this year. It flies like that. It flies. Don't waste your life. I watched my dad waste 30 years of his life, and he probably wasted the years before that too, but definitely 30. He told me he got saved in 1957, and that was 1987. I would have never known in a million years he was saved until that day when he told me he was saved. He wasted 30, a good, solid 30 years of his life, and then he, didn't, and then he got cancer and didn't have time to correct it. The older you get, the less time you have to correct any mistakes you make when you're young. Man, you know what you ought to do? Just say, no, I'm, gonna be, I'm getting in this thing. I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm going to go. If a man say, I love God, this is 1 John 4, 20. If a, man, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. I didn't say that. Don't get mad at me. Don't shoot the messenger. You cannot. You cannot. It's my mom. She goes, 
I love God and I love the Holy Spirit, but I just, I'm afraid of Jesus. He's just so mean. I said, you can't love God and you can't love the Holy Spirit without loving Jesus. If you hate Jesus, you hate the Holy Spirit and you hate God. They're all three the same. They're one. You can't do it. She, and she, but I don't know. I just, I just love the Holy Spirit. I just love God, the Father. But I, Jesus just scares me. I'm like, Mom, you can't. You know, it's, there's some facts when you come to your Bible. If you're going to say you're a disciple, you could be saved. I'm not attacking anybody's salvation. You can be saved. But a disciple is something totally different. If a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen. Boy, if I can't love you after I see you, then I got a problem. I got a problem. Because I've never seen Jesus. How can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this is the commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. You got to love him. If you want to be a disciple, you want to be a disciple, you got to love the brother. It's just one of those things where you just can't get out of it. 1 Peter 4, 7 says this. By the end of all things, uh, but the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover a multitude of sins. I talked about charity the other day. You know what charity is? It's an outreaching love that, that only you can. It's one way. It's the only thing. It's outward. You know, sometimes you just got to forgive people just to forgive them. And you've got to learn how to love them. I mean, you just got to learn how to do it. And you got to overlook them. Sometimes people are just people, man. They're just people. Every day I serve him, it's one more day to serve Jesus Christ. That's the way I look at it. I get another opportunity. And finally, a, a true disciple is marked by his end. Do you know where you're going to go when you die? I'm going to stop right here. This is it. This is the last part of it. Do you know where you're going to go when you die? A good end. Psalm 37, 37. I heard a person use this verse a long, long time ago, and I, I kind of I shuddered when they used it. It says, mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace. You know, when I get to the end of this thing, he's talking about uh, the, that lady who wrote that song or, or said that every day, uh, he gets sweeter and sweeter every day. Uh, I sit there and look at the thing, and I'm like, Lord, I'm getting toward the end of this thing, and when I get to the end of this thing, I don't want to regret one moment of the last, so far the last 43 years, I don't regret one moment. I wish I could have been a better servant. I wish I could have been a better disciple. But as far as all the stuff that I've been through with the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't, I don't regret one thing. As a matter of fact, I'm looking, getting a chance. I want to go see him. Uh, but it, verse 38 says this, But the transgressor shall be destroyed together. But the transgressor shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. There's a positive end and a negative end. I, I've never heard, well, let me take it back. One time in my 43 years, I heard somebody say they wish they did not get saved, and they were dead in two weeks. That is just something you don't do. I'm telling you, brother, I, I, that just blew me out. Well, young Christian, I watched that thing. That kid got saved. I know he got saved. He was on a ship out there. He trusted Jesus Christ. There was no doubt in my mind that that kid got saved. His mom and dad knew he got saved, but then when he really realized what he did, he regretted doing that, and two weeks later, he died of spinal meningitis. You say, oh, that's just a coincidence. Uh, you can say whatever you want. A true disciple is marked by the certain end. My end is sure it's fixed. It's fixed. Ecclesiastes 7, 8 says, It's better is the end of a thing than the beginning. My mom will tell you that I was, uh, I was a, a trouble to her from the time I was born. <laughs> Not that she didn't love me. She loved me, and she still loves me now. But she just says I was always trouble. I was too big. I was this. I didn't like that. I was I, 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 just, just a whiny crybaby. I got some grandkids like that. All of our other ones already grew up. But it says, better is the end. You know, my end is the best. I'm, I'm telling you, one of these days, I'm going to take my last breath, and I'm out of here. A teacher was teaching a class on, on uh, the rich man Lazarus. The rich man died and went to hell, and Lazarus died and went to the Abraham's bosom. And when it was all over, she got the, all the kids together, and she, and she said, now, class, which one would you want to be? And this little kid held his hand up and said, I want to be both. And she goes, what? And he goes, well, I want to be the rich man while I'm alive and Lazarus when I die. <laughs> That's a wasted life. That's a wasted life. I want to be, if I had to be the beggar all the way through life and the dogs lick my wounds, that's the one I want to be. Because I know that that guy had a hold of God. James 4.1 says, whereas ye know not what tomorrow may bring. 
For what is your life? It is a vapor. It goes like that. Brethren, a true disciple, a true disciple has some marks in his life that's going to come up, and, and people will be able to see those. If they can't see those, you could be saved. I'm not saying you're saved. But you're cheating yourself. I'm, I would be cheating myself. I'd be robbing myself of, of things that I could have in eternity by wasting my life down here. You watch people retire. I, that's the saddest thing in the whole wide world. I think retirement's great, by the way. If you can retire, retire. But to spend 40, 50 years out there in the workforce doing something and then walk away from it and, and never be able to do that thing again and you invest your life into that and now they shut the business down and whatever and everything you did is gone. All it was for is to get a few bucks. To me, that's a waste. That's a waste. 1980 on a back porch, I got saved. And the Lord let me combine the two, and I got to witness and teach people about Jesus Christ from the day I got saved all the way up to the time right now. And I don't feel like I've wasted much of any of that. I don't want to waste any. I've got a few years left, and I'm like, Lord, I need to peel out some of this other stuff so I don't waste what I got left. I want to be able to talk to people like Mary and talk to other people just like that. And when they have a need and they need to be comforted, that you'll have the words to do it. If they need to figure out how to get saved, you got the words to do it. You can give a hope that's within you. We sang some songs, man. Adam, you got your song. I'll let you do the song service. But we sit there and we look at this thing and we say we're, we're disciples. But does our life reflect what a disciple is? Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. And Lord, this world right now needs to see some really true disciples of Jesus Christ. And, and I'm not saying it, it can be happening, it can happen overnight. Lord, it takes time for that to happen. Uh, it takes time for a person in their life uh, to change some things and start getting their minds set to that. And Lord, I know there's a lot of good people in this room that love the Lord, love you, and, and they want to serve you. Uh, Lord, uh, for the, all of us, Lord, I just pray that you help us continually, Lord, uh, get those things out and just get on a path with you and start serving you. Lord, give us a love for the book. Lord, give us, give us the qualities of a disciple, Lord, that over a period of time, people, when they look at us, they see us, that we love each other, that we care for each other, Lord, that we pray for each other, uh, Lord, that we help each other, we pick them up, Lord, when they fall, they, and then one day maybe they'll pick us up and pick me up when I fall. Uh, Lord, we're in this thing together as a group. Lord, help us to keep going forward as a group. Uh, Lord, but then it's also individual, Lord. You're individually with each and every one of us. Uh, Lord, I strengthen the relationships, Lord, and those that are hurting. Uh, comfort them, Lord, and get them through the thing, Lord. And uh, Brother Joe was talking about uh, the Bakers, Lord, the, the losing that the loved one, Lord, the Mrs. Baker. Lord, I just pray that you uh, bless that family and comfort them. And use Brother Joe or whoever else around them, Lord, to just be able to give them the comforting words that they need to hear. And Father, again, thank you for today. Bless now. We'll praise you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.